0: You're listening to Elite, the unofficial podcast of the Elite Ice Hockey League. For this episode, we're introducing the first of our Legends series, where we'll get the stories and highlights from the players who have graced the league since it started in 2003. Our first guest is a man who was there at the very beginning, first turning out for Manchester, Phoenix, and London Racers, before establishing himself at Sheffield Steelers, winning three titles and two playoff crowns until leaving in 2015. Former defenceman Mark Thomas is here to look back on his life and career in this, the first of two parts he discusses those early years, making the move to Sheffield and shares a night to remember for a long time, partner in crime, Jason Hewitt. You're listening to Elite Legends. (laughs) Mark, welcome to the show. Great to have you on Elite with me. How do you look back on your career in the Elite League and all you achieved?
1: Uh, yeah, it's something I look uh, look back on and, and think uh, I, actually, I actually somehow I managed to do it. Starting at the age starting ice hockey at the age of seventeen, I was uh, yeah a late developer, if you like. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of proud with with what I achieved. And, and and again, I hate looking at myself. So it's not necessarily about me. It was about what we achieved as a team, what we achieved as a as a group in Sheffield.
0: Now, don't take this the wrong way. I was having a look. I noticed that I had you down as being older than 39. Um, And I don't mean that in a bad way, just an assumption maybe on my part. But you were around in that first season of the Elite League when it started in 2003. You were with Manchester Phoenix. So what can you tell us about the creation of the league on the the back of the collapse of the Super League before it? What was the mood around the the sport at that time? Um, To be fair,
1: obviously I'd only been involved in it for about two or three years before that, prior really. And I'd, um, I'd, I'd played in the EPL uh, prior to that, the year before in Haringey. Um, and the year before that, I was actually in, I was in Canada for a year, so playing junior B out there. So if I'm being brutally honest with you, I don't actually know how it all came about. I know the Super League had gone through, well, sort of, sort of going through a few issues. I know a few teams had dropped out, Manchester being one of them, Um I think basically just running out of money and and, and sort of running costs really like Manchester's running costs to play out of the arena were extortionate, I think. So it was, you know, it was only a matter of time, unfortunately, with the with where the fan base was at that point. And um, you know, we, we basically we found out through Alteringham Aces and the altrincham Tigers that was sort of still involved our friends, well, mainly Jason Hewitt, who um he was obviously everyone knows his name, um, you know, he sort of said we've got trials at Blackburn. Um, so I somehow managed to get my name on the list because, and first it wasn't on the list. I don't think um, because they, they sort of refused to do it because I hadn't played in Manchester that year. Um, and then anyway, my, one of my best, he well, was my best man at my wedding. A guy called Nick Crawley. He he uh, he said, "No, this this guy's name has to be on the list." And I went down and 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 sort of me, Hughie, and a few other names: Russ Richardson, Brian Worrell, um, Mark Lovell from D side, and um, Dave Clancy we all trialled out and uh, that that we we were the chosen ones basically for to to get the opportunity to Manchester pitched it around having local players um, and and that was it really we we went to a meeting uh, where they announced us all we hadn't even signed a contract they hadn't even told us if we were going to get paid or what the whole thing was but we were going along on this journey and you know, um I, I really didn't even know what level we were going to, if I'm being brutally honest, what how the league was going to look. Um I knew obviously each team had to have, I think it was five or six British players in the in the squad uh that first year. And um, yeah, sort of you know well, it was funny actually that this this last weekend I had um a guy who I've not seen on that team came back over to Manchester. Uh, I've not seen him for 20 summit years, a guy called Shin Larson Yehata which sounds like a funny name he's a, he's a Japanese swede and um he lives in sweden now and he's actually the the head scout in europe for san Jose sharks and i met up with him this weekend um he was over i got him t- tickets to see the man city chelsea game about 6 months ago and um yeah the le- he, he picked a good one after the, the results there but <laughs> yeah it was we, we had a lot of t- talking about this this year like he was coming into something he didn't have a clue about neither. Um, and, we, and you know we didn't really, I didn't definitely understand what 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 level it was at, and I just knew if I was going to stick around, I had to try and make you know a bit of a name for myself, or you know do some you know something a little bit out of the normal really to try and try and keep my name on the team sheet.
0: And of course that that Phoenix team, it was basically a step into the unknown. You mentioned all the guys that you, you all got together with. It must have felt like that <laughs> a step into the unknown again. The trepidation on the back of the the Super League collapse.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think what one was a step into you know, not playing as much for starters. You know, we, we did play, but not as nowhere near as much as we had done in the previous years. Um, you know, a lot of guys were playing in in, in ED one um and a couple in the EPL out of those six and um you know, sort of tintering. I know Huey was sort of on the edges of the England squad. I think England had an under-19s team that year, the year before in in the, it actually played in the EPL as a regular team and they just brought different players in. To play in 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 the games each weekend, and I know Huey played a few games there. I played a few games there, um, and we literally just didn't didn't know whether it was going to be whether it was going to work out or what 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 the scoop was. Really, it was just wing it, if I'm being brutally honest. And we just well, from, I know from my point of view, and, and definitely Huey's. We just we just knew we had to we had to um, you know work as hard as we possibly could to make sure we earned a spot on a th- on the team next year.
0: You moved on to London Racers after that, and again they were still a fairly new team in the Elite League. I think, uh, looking back on it, I think the idea of having a London team maybe helped sell the league. Obviously, we don't have that now. And you, you already said you you you'd lived and worked in London before. So, what was it like going back there? Um, again oh, going to the Elite League level.
1: Yeah, it was great. Obviously, the, the, I played in the EPL and lived lived a hundred yards away from Alexander Palace. Um, the, <laughs> the year made? before, yeah, it was, it, it was, yeah, and that was that was that rink. That, the year we played in the Elite League against them, they played in Alley Pali. But then the year me and Hughie went down there, uh, they, they decided to move over to um, Lee Valley and um, on that side of town. Uh, we lived in a little place called Leighton which is famous apparently for David Beckham being born there. Um, Never heard and, of him. Yeah. <laughs> <me neither. laughs> um, but no, honestly, we, we absolutely loved it. And, you know, Dennis Maxwell was brought in from Cardiff the year before. I think I think he always told me and Huey both. You know, he was uh, me and Huey were his first calls because he knew how much little rats we were the year before, and how he didn't like the way we were just running around, and not that we were like tough by any means, but just you could see that we were, you know, we were dying to be in that league, and and you know, had something to prove almost. And and um, you know, he signed us both, and we absolutely loved the next eighteen months, two years of that. It was. Obviously going from Manchester, we weren't we weren't a massively tough team to standing next to Eric Cairns on the blue line and uh, Jason Robinson and Jeremy Cornish and you name the list goes on. Um yeah, a lot of people got a bit smaller the following year when we when we were playing up against them from Manning and Huey's point of view.
0: and of course halfway through that second season you ended up going to Sheffield Steelers that was the 2005-06 season how did it come about and of course it ended with a playoff final against Newcastle Vipers describe that for me again given how young you were at the time
1: yeah obviously again that was we'd already sort of been through the the rigmarole of one team sort of mothballing um, in the summer with the Phoenix and to do it again 18 months later, two years, it was uh, yeah, it was tough. And and obviously me and Huey and myself, I definitely felt more you know, more of an important clog on that team. And uh, you know, we, we literally, I think we were playing Sheffield on the Friday night, um, I think it was November time, and we literally the coach, Matt, Dennis Matswell, stood up at the front of the bus and just said, Boys, the team's having to fold. Um, Sunday will be our last game, basically. So, or it might be Saturday night. Sorry, we played Friday night in Sheffield, and then Saturday night in um, Cardiff. And they had special jerseys made. Um, and you, you know what? There was most of the team were crying tears, and we were wounded because you know it felt like our team, and you know we were a real togetherness of the team. We weren't the most skilled team, one hundred percent, but we came to work every night, and you know me and Hughie we were both gutted, if I'm honest with you. Um, you know uh, obviously it went the friday night the saturday night game in cardiff finished and we sort of went back to our to our accommodation in london and just started p- picking and packing our stuff together and not having a clue again what we were going to do thinking this could be all over and we're not going to have our you know make a career out of it really 2 years isn't much of a career so um you know um within a few days uh, Maxie had got the job in sheffield um and he phoned me and basically said, uh, make sure you're in Sheffield by Friday. Um, we're playing against Belfast and you're coming in. I don't care. I'm here to change things around because he'd been brought in because Sheffield hadn't had a, a great start to the season. Um, and he said, you'll be playing on Friday night. Make sure you're ready, basically. I turned up to the rink on Sheffield in, in Sheffield on uh, on the Friday night. Again, not signed a contract, not agreed any payment terms or anything like that, what I was going to get paid. I just knew at that point I was going to get something and I wanted it that much that it didn't really matter at that point. Um, You know, Huey Huey had to go a slightly different route. He went to Basingstoke for a couple of weeks and then he ended up in Sheffield. We actually played our our one and only game against each other. Uh, He was in Basingstoke and I was in Sheffield. And uh, yeah, let's just say he had one over on me because there was a bit of a scrum by the bench and... um, Everyone was throwing little punches and stuff like that and face washing and it all calmed down. And I was ta- I was paired off with a guy called uh, Tony Redmond, I think his name was. And it was all calming down. And the next minute I just got suckered from the side, right in my, right the back of my jaw and my ear. Oh no. And I turned around to see what was going on. And Hugh, he was just sat laughing his head off with his shoulders going, like laughing at me, saying that I had to get my chance because he knew he was coming to Sheffield the week after, even though he was playing for Basingstoke. So, yeah, that was a funny time. But, yeah, again, it was just, you know, it was, I wish I could go back and do it all again. Honestly, I would go tomorrow and do it all again.
0: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Um, well, you mentioned Huey a few times. now. I'm, I'm going to bring him up. I was going to bring him up a little bit later. Yeah. The two of you have been everywhere together. Almost little brothers. Joined at the hip you could say. Apart from that spelling Basin Stoke he had. Yeah. Just how special a player a special a friend did he become to you through the years with everything you've experienced together all, all through your careers?
1: Yeah, obviously yeah, it's been, you know, we, we've come through junior together when he was munching on strawberry laces in the changing rooms before games and you know now to make it to making it look a bit like he's professional by having a protein shake and stuff like that but you know we've we've had a friendship since we were about 14 15 um and through we actually playing role hockey before ice hockey and um yeah he's you know he's been a great friend we you know what we don't actually speak every day every week or anything like that you know we just it's one of those when you don't see someone for a couple of weeks a month even six months sometimes if we're busy with work and he's got his stuff going on with with hockey still you walk into a room and it's like we have never been apart and that's the same really for not just you for for jonna um you know those kind of even like if you brought leggy back over here you know rod sarich all these type of guy that that were in sheffield for that for that Long stint. Uh, We are all the same. You know, we have an old an old boys Steelers group that we all basically abuse John on because he's the (laughs) only one still he's the only one still playing or was still playing in it. So he gets abused weekly on that. Um, it should be called the you know just abuse John page as opposed to the Steelers old boys. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's uh, that's good fun. And like I say, we we all have me and Huey have been through it all together. You know, we've we've turned pro. We've lost our jobs after a year not having I mean, no team to go to because we didn't think we'd ever leave Manchester we thought that was the holy grail and then you know go to London you think that that's that and then you know we've been through it up and down and you know we've both been you know he was he was single he's we both we've both been married kids um you know obviously then now you know I've been I've been I've had, you know, lost Vic and, and that so that all side of it and you know he was the one of the first guys to come over with us straight away, you know, when he was over when visiting Vic hospital and stuff like that, when it got to that point. And, um, you know, that just shows the level of friendship that we, we do have together. So,
0: Right. So I need a Huey story then. I need something quite funny. What have you got for us? There's got to be something. Uh,
1: oh, God, yeah, but what,
0: what, is, what is,
1: what can you put on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I really want to know. I mean, Huey, um, well, let's see. I'm trying to think of one that's,
0: That's clean. Clean Um, We can do cleanish.
1: We can do cleanish. Okay, so okay, so there was the there was one time we um, we all went out. uh, We we actually Mike O'Connor had organised us to go and play a charity game against Sutton Sting, which uh, a small rink right in between Nottingham and Sheffield. It's only I wouldn't even say it's the size of Sheffield's. Uh, D zone, if you know what I mean, you know, one of the you know one of the zones in Sheffield. Mm-hmm. Um but we'd gone over there and done like a bit of a charity event thing for them to raise some money for their club and um just like a little bit of three on three and a skills thing. And um so it started actually when when Danger uh, Randy Dagenet was he was because he loves getting points and stuff like this, Randy. So we used to wind him up with that. He was the last guy out on the ice and Someone had been in the changing room where all the clothes were, one of our team. I'm not disclosing that name because he still doesn't know to this day. <laughs> and basically, um, they had taped all his clothes together. So, his jeans, they put a whole roll of uh, leg tape around his jeans and put it into a ball. Every single sock individually, his underpants, his t shirt, his hat, the, the shoes, they just everything was taped up. So he came up because they were all getting like thinking, "Oh, we will have the last laugh on him staying out there to score loads of goals and think he's the hero and stuff like this. Anyway, he assumed on the minibus on the way home that it was, uh, that it was, uh, was Huey. And uh, we'd all had to stop for um, a toilet break on, on one of the little laybys on the way back to Sheffield. So we were all, <laughs> he was stood at the, you know, at the motorway barrier, Huey was stood doing his business over the side and, um, he got danger, jumped off the minibus and just forcibly pushed him over this back motorway barrier, not realising there was a 30-foot cliff and a load of bushing down the side. <laughs> <laughs> so Huey just disappeared because it was like half nine at night at this point, completely black, didn't know where we'd gone. And, um, yeah, he, uh, he managed to uh, clamber back up about 15 minutes later and, and and get to the uh his his hole, obviously his pants were around his ankles. He had thorns sticking out of everywhere. Um and we got back on the minibus and went straight for a night out, basically. So that's one of my favorite
0: Huey stories. Fantastic. <laughs>
1: that's probably about as clean that's probably about as clean as you're gonna get for Huey as well.
0: Oh well, well, you've given us that, so thank you for that. <laughs> but you mentioned a lot of the names that, that, that made up the core of that, that time at Sheffield Steelers. Rod yeah. Chudra was still playing. I think he was coming to the end of his career. Rod Saris yeah. Jeff Le Gui, John R. Phillips, as you mentioned. Like Sir Ryan yeah. Finerty as well. When you, yeah. you look at that core of players, everything you achieved, can you even pick out a highlight from that time? Um, no, I, I honestly,
1: I'd struggle because every year was, you know, it's, there's loads of different things each year that happen that make it memorable. You know, um, probably the... F- if one had to stick out of that, it was probably um, the first time we, we we won it because I think the year before we came second um, and we come second in everything and then we were kept being called the bridesmaids and all this kind of stuff and um, yeah and then the following year we went on to win the league and then uh, and then win the and then win the playoffs as well I think I think we beat not uh, Coventry in the in the league um, and then then in the playoffs we went on to beat Nottingham. Um, the thing about the Nottingham one was that we we and we used obviously there was that rivalry. We used to get irritated by the stories and stuff that we used to hear from them and the way that some of their players acted and stuff, like that, acting up to the crowd and stuff. Because it's not really a, a hockey thing that like it was almost like a bit of an unwritten code that you just you know it's not football, it's not anything else over celebrating and stuff like this. So we, we used to wind ourselves up with that to give us some some ammo to go at them really. And I think the playoff weekend we were first seed, so. Even because obviously it's at Nottingham, they they were like, "Oh, we've got our changing room," and and then in the final, it was like, "We're we uh, we're, we're going to have our we're going to have our our uh, bench as well," and it was like, "Oh yeah, so we're, and we're going to wear our home jerseys," and they just said, "Well, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that." I mean, I don't know the ins and outs; this is what we got told. It could have been something just to get us going. And uh, we our coaches came and said, "You know what? They can have it." they can have their home jerseys, they can have their home bench, they can have all whatever they want because it doesn't matter. Because with, we hadn't lost to them there that, that year, all year. And obviously with it being a playoff fan, it was a bigger game and a lot more eyes on 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 watching and stuff like that. Um, I think during warm-up, we went out and uh, we had Andrew Sharp on the team that year and uh, Dan Tessier was playing for them. Who was, um, you know, it, and there was obviously quite a few guys. I think he'd, Dan Tessier had come up by the red line and Sharpie, you know, he was, he was a great team guy. So I didn't, you know, he didn't play that much. He just knew he had to do something to get some fired up. And, he, and Tessier came, he was obviously one of their goal scorers. He came right up by the red line and he just slashed his stick, clean in half. And, and then obviously it all sort of, it almost went off in warm up. Um, I, mean, I mean, it was on Sky that, that year, I think. And I remember watching Sky back and, all the, the whole, all the commentary stopped and they all turned around because they could see this just like melee on the red line and there's obviously no refs on, on the ice or anything like that. Um, but that was the point. When they all came over and started going at it, that was the point that we all knew we had them where we wanted them. We knew there was nothing else coming back. We knew we were going to win that game. And uh, yeah, I think we won it 2-0 in the end and shut them out. And, you know, that goes on to someone like Jodie Lehman who, you know, he was... When it came to games like that, there was no one better. No one better than him. You know, we had five D back in those days, um, so there was no option on whether you were playing or not. Um, we'd shut Coventry out the year before, and he, you just knew he was going to do it again, and he and he and he did. He was, uh, yeah, he was a, you know, he was highly annoying at sometimes in in the changing room and at the gym trying to get guys to go into the gym and stuff like that. But um, yeah, what a competitor, and uh, you know, he he won us those games when it, when we really needed him to be there. He was he was right there.
0: What about those Panthers games? I saw an article um, you, which you were quoted about how you loved the, the Panthers games. What was it about them? Was it the, the thing that you talked about where they, they kind of behaved in a way that you didn't think was was becoming of a ice hockey rivalry, or was it more to it than that?
1: Yeah, I think I think obviously when you go to Sheffield, there's always that build-up, the Panthers, the Steelers, and every year you hear, oh, it's not the same as it used to be and all this kind of stuff. So you, we, we had to try and make it that. And whether whether we were getting told stuff in the locker room, sort of on the sly so it got us all fired up and stuff like that I don't know but uh, you know and you sort of build up that you you don't build you don't have a hatred straight away you have to build that throughout the season by you know playing each other and stuff like that and I think we just yeah there was a, a few little minor things that they used to do that irritated if it irritated one guy on our team then it irritated all of us because he'd talk about it and then we'd all get irritated by it and it wasn't anything in particular it was just someone picking something saying right I don't like that like you know there was one guy there that yeah I think um the guy called Peltier I can't remember his surname at uh, first name was his surname was Peltier and I remember Huey all he used to bang on about it, that he had a gold chain on and you could see his gold chain when he was playing so Huey absolutely hated him because he had a gold chain on and he made it his his one goal one year to rip it off <laughs> I think he did it so um you know it was that was it was just finding some little things and then obviously the fans when you go to i i used to prefer playing in nottingham than i did sheffield against nottingham not because of, you know it was just cuz when you get to nottingham you you've stood in the hallway waiting to go out for warm up you can hear them booing already like right? they just hate you they absolutely hate you and um you know you step on the ice for warm up and they're all hissing and booing and you know, whistling and all this kind of stuff, and you look up to the far corner where all the Sheffield fans, and it's just a sea of orange. And it's, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it, that you know, it gives you that little bit extra sometimes to, to
0: fight for your corner
1: and fight for your team, I guess.
0: That was Mark Thomas, former Sheffield Steelers, Manchester Phoenix and London Racers defenseman, a first guest on our Elite Legends series. Remember, there's more to come from Mark in the second part where he discusses life after Steelers. Look out for that soon. Plus, we're speaking to Cardiff Devils' Josh Batch, who's joining me later this week to discuss his testimonial. If you haven't yet, subscribe to Elite on your preferred podcast provider, including Spotify, Amazon and Apple, where new episodes will drop when they're ready. We're on social media as well at underscore Elite IH on Twitter and Elite Podcast on Facebook. So like and follow us and share which legends you'd like to hear from in the coming weeks and we'll try and make it happen. In the meantime, thank you for listening. I'll be back soon. Elite Hockey, Elite Listening. Bye for now.
1: Podcast Network.
0: 18 plus.